0: 930 in 716.
1: Wednesday morning, it's kind of a quiet day out there this morning. No wind to speak of that will be changing in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, But uh, this morning, it's just cloudy. It's 34 degrees right now. And we're in for some sunshine during the day today and a quiet day with a high right around 40 degrees. Tomorrow, we get into a soaking rain and some wind we'll get to that in just a few minutes here's what's happening in an effort to improve the city of buffalo's response during fierce storms such as november's lake effect blast and the christmas blizzard buffalo common council members approved two new positions yesterday wben's max ferry was at city hall
0: For the first time in the history of the city of Buffalo, there will now be an emergency management coordinator and a fleet manager. Buffalo's Common Council approved both positions on Tuesday. The Buffalo Common Council today approved an emergency management coordinator position that we've been asking for. It will officially be titled the Homeland Security Coordinator. It's an old position that was no longer funded that we have reestablished and will be fully funded moving forward. It's something that the council, the administration work closely on, something that's extremely important, not just to the, the elected representatives here but also the residents of the city of Buffalo. When we have emergency situations unfolding in the city of Buffalo they typically happen very quickly and you need someone to be at the helm and someone coordinating everything. Councilman Chris Scanlon. Councilman Mitch Nowakowski says both positions were not supposed to be approved today, but a compromise was reached. Uh, we really kind of had a marathon day where we worked really hard to build a compromise with the administration, and they had their priority of a fleet manager, and the Common Council remained strong in their resolve for an emergency management uh, coordinator, and uh, we really worked hard to find comparable titles uh, to get this done really uh, right before the council meeting. Councilman Nowakowski believes that the applicants will be able to apply for these positions within the next couple of months. This is Max Ferry for
1: WBEN.com News. All right, we'll be speaking to Chris Canlin, South District Councilmember, about this coming up later on in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. Next to the Bills' new stadium, the deal on the stadium is close to crossing the goal line bill's executive vice president and chief operating officer Ron Rakuya on WGR yesterday saying they are 99.9% finished
0: we had the last public hearing uh, Thursday evening that New York State Empire Empire State Development ran Uh, that seemed to go very well I believe Empire State Development has to meet again either this week or early next week and then the county at their next regular session would have the, um, the final sign-off. So I would say we're, we're within days, maybe a couple of weeks at the outlet, on the outside.
1: Rakuya also saying that we're going to start, start seeing activity at the new stadium site within the next 30 days, which would include fencing and site work. The official groundbreaking he expects will be in late April or May timeframe. Grief has consumed the people of southeastern Turkey and northwestern Syria after a 7.8-magnitude earthquake shook the region Monday, killing thousands. But the rescue of a toddler is giving workers digging through the debris hope.
0: Across the region, urgent rescues. This man clawing through the rubble, finally finding little Noor buried in debris. Your father is here. Don't be scared. Noor, please look at me here. Talk to your father, he says. Noor looking up in a daze, seeing her father. A short time later, little Noor free after nearly 24 hours.
1: That's Marcus Moore in Turkey. The death toll now is over 9,000 and expected to continue to grow. This is now the deadliest earthquake in the world in over a decade. Uh, Coming up at 6, we'll go to the quake zone this morning. I'll be checking in with Ibtesim Genfud who is right there bringing us the very latest on the conditions that these workers are going through and if they are continuing to find people that that they can rescue. That's coming up at 6. President Biden delivered his second State of the Union address last night, and it included a very brief reference to the Chinese spy balloon shot down over U.S. airspace. As we made
0: clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did.
1: At one point, the president going off script while shouting about China and its leader, Xi Jinping.
0: Democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy have grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name Ar- me one.
1: Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders was chosen to speak on behalf of Republicans in response to the president's State of the Union. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies. And defend our people. he is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. The hyper-polarized Congress was on display during the speech when House Republicans shouted at the President when he suggested they would cut Social Security or Medicare as part of the debt ceiling negotiations. Inside the House chamber, it was a vivid display of the hyperpolarized climate in this divided Congress. That means Congress doesn't vote. House Republicans shouted at President Biden when he suggested they would cut Social Security or Medicare as part of the debt ceiling negotiations.
0: Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. At one
1: point, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy appeared to shush some lawmakers who heckled as the president spoke. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Capitol Hill. Now, the president made no mention of his future plans during the State of the Union address. But on our Raylax Honda web poll this morning at WBEN.com, we're asking if you think President Biden will be the Democratic nominee in 2024. Yes or no. So far, the results right now, 86% of our website visitors have checked no. You can weigh in with us. You'll find the poll on the right side of the page over at WBEN.com. The Sabres announcing forward Dylan Cousins has inked a contract extension with the club. It's for seven years and $49.7 million. This season, Cousins has 43 points in 49 games. He is the third player, 25 or younger, to sign a seven-year contract with the Sabres in the past six months. Tage Thompson signed for $50 million in late August. Defenseman Matthias Samuelson signed for $30 million in October. And High Wind Watch posted for much of the region Thursday night. Erie, Niagara, Orleans, Genesee, and Chautauqua counties will see gusts close to 60 miles an hour at times. The watch is in effect from 7 p.m. Thursday until 7 a.m. on Friday. Baby formula companies are accused of playing on parents' emotions for profit.
0: A new analysis published in the medical journal The Lancet says many baby formula manufacturers are manipulating parents to boost sales in a $55 billion industry. The study's author, a professor with the World Health Organization, says marketing tactics have led to fewer than half of infants globally being breastfed as recommended. Adding formula sales are on the rise despite failing to offer the same nutrition, health, and developmental benefits as
1: breastfeeding. But the report says misleading claims that baby formula somehow helps babies settle down, sleep better, cry less, and develop more is steering potential breastfeeding mothers away from natural feedings.
0: Derek Dennis, ABC News.
1: And life as we know it is returning to what it was before COVID. More signs. The economy is adjusting to post-pandemic reality. Zoom is cutting 15% of its workforce, or about 1,300 jobs, as part of a restructuring. eBay laying off 500 workers, about 4% of its workforce in the next 24 hours. Tech companies have been shedding jobs at a brisk pace as more people head back to work and into brick-and-mortar stores. Boeing is also eliminating about 2,000 finance and HR jobs, but it's hiring 10,000 employees in manufacturing and engineering, with Demand for planes taking off. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Clouds this morning, followed by sunshine this afternoon. Temperatures topping out near 40. Tonight, clouds will increase with some rain arriving toward Thursday morning. Overnight lows in the low 30s. Windy and mild on Thursday. Temperatures in the 50s with rain likely. A steady soaking rain to start your day tomorrow. Friday, cooler with highs in the 30s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Dr. Kevin Gibbons is joining us live this morning on WBEN. Senior Associate Dean for Clinical Affairs at the Jacobs School of Medicine. He also ran the Neuro Clinic at Millard Fillmore Gate Circle Hospital for 20 years. We're talking about Bills and Sabres co-owner, Kim Pagula. Uh, Dr. Gibbons, her, her daughter, Jessie, shared with the public yesterday that her mom suffered cardiac arrest last June while sleeping. And when you say cardiac arrest, we are all familiar with DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest case. He was treated immediately, as we know. From what we understand, Kim was treated relatively quickly, as another daughter, Kelly, performed CPR. But, I mean, when you look at cases of cardiac arrest? I mean, could there be any correlation at all between the two? Are are all cardiac arrest cases different?
0: Well, they're all very different. And when someone survives initially from a cardiac or respiratory arrest, the big question we have is what is the state of of their brain? How are they going to recover? Um, The technical term is hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. And there are five different outcomes. Three of them are really bad. One of them is really good. And one of them is really uncertain. And I think the story of Kim Bagula is the one of, of uncertainty. And it's a very familiar story in the ICU. Um, and it highlights, you know, the, the, the issues and the uncertainty of outcome for someone who's, who survives an event like this.
1: We were told, too, that she's dealing with significant aphasia. What is that? And, and how is this impacting so, her?
0: So aphasia has to do with the ability to communicate, both understand and to, and to, to communicate and make speech, make words um, in a significant way. When someone suffers a stroke, it's lack of blood flow to one part of the brain, and we're very good at predicting uh, what the outcome will be. Gee, this person will have a clumsy left hand. Um, when someone has a global event um, like this, it's uncertain as to how they're going to recover. Um, some parts of the brain are more affected than others, and they're typically the parts for speech, memory, thinking, what we call cognition or knowing. Um, and it's a great deal of uncertainty that is really the story of her arrest and, and her recovery. And I think that's what was stressed uh, in the article.
1: Right. And I'm just wondering, have you seen a case similar to this with this uncertainty and see someone recover from it to some degree? Oh,
0: So, so- I think, Susan, you have to understand this is a very common situation um, experienced by caregivers and families daily in our community, in our hospitals. Um, so when someone comes in, there's a couple things that happen right away that can be very bad, obvious repeat cardiac arrest and a cardiac death. There can be brain swelling and, and brain death in the first few days. There can be patients who suffer coma vigil or um, what we call persistent vegetative state Uh, Damar Hamlin's doctors made the line uh, that they were delighted a couple of days in when he woke up and communicated with them by writing. They used the phrase, the the lights were on and he was home. Um, Someone in a persistent vegetative state that nurses or doctors will use a familiar quip that says, the lights are on, meaning they open their eyes, but they don't communicate. No one's home. Um, The patients who wake up with significant cognitive deficits to varying degrees um, recover over a period of time that's months to a couple of years. Um, we don't know uh, in the story of Kimpagula what the plateau is going to be. Uh, it can take a year or two before you get there. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult time. Um, you don't know what the new normal is going to be. I think from Jessica's article yesterday, you got the sense the family understands that the new normal is not going to be the, the old normal.
1: Right, and so seven months in, from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like her her improvement could continue, possibly.
0: It's it certainly could, and and caregivers understand that there can be good days and bad days. What you hope to see is week to week and month to month a recovery. Uh, the type of aphasia that is described in the article suggests that she has understanding, and that's important because there are types of aphasias where the patient doesn't understand. Uh, what's being said to him or her, and they are very, very difficult to rehabilitate. But people with her type of aphasia typically can rehabilitate, but it's it's very frustrating. This is a, you know, this is a, a difficult journey for a patient and in family. It's a journey no one expected, um, but I'm afraid it's an all too common situation.
1: What what type of therapy, Doctor Gibbons, would someone like him be getting?
0: Uh, typically, speech therapy working on on communication, obviously, uh, physical therapy, if there's any motor deficits in terms of, of strength and balance. Uh, it's a matter of, of stimulating the patient and challenging the patient, uh, overcoming the frustrations that are involved uh, when you have individuals who are highly motivated, highly functioning, who now realize that they're often dependent on others. Um, and it's a, it's a long course, and it's a difficult course for all.
1: Would there be certain benchmarks that they would hope that she would meet and then move into the next area.
0: Well, certainly early on, there are definite benchmarks. Um, the early recovery after coma from an arrest has to do with how open, how soon you open your eyes, how soon you follow commands. Um, she's obviously met those benchmarks early. Now, there's not, um, gee, you have to do something by six months, and if you don't do it till eight months, it's a, you know it's not that. It, there's not set benchmarks like that this far out status post arrest and recovery from hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy.
1: This is another case, though, of knowing the importance of, of CPR in a you know, a life or death situation, isn't it?
0: This is, this is another case of that. Um, and, and you don't know how far she was into her arrest before it was noted that she was having an arrest, whereas in the Demar Hamlin case, obviously CPR was started within seconds, if, a minute if not seconds. Uh, young, healthy individuals surrounded by very experienced caregivers.
1: Dr. Gibbons, appreciate your help with this, understanding what's going on here very, very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Take care, Susan.
1: All right. Dr. Kevin Gibbons, Senior Associate Dean for Clinical Affairs at the Jacobs School of Medicine, also ran the Neuro clinic at Millard Fillmore Gate Circle Hospital for 20 years.
0: That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. All star closer. Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?